Happy Easter, church family. Hey, Carrie and I are coming to you live here from the Woodlands campus. And we want you to know that the church is not empty. The church is just deployed. And so even though we miss being with you in person, we can still be together today and worship together as one, as one body in Christ, because Jesus Christ is risen. He is alive. And so that's what we're gonna celebrate. And we invite you to let your friends know, text them now and tell them, hey, join me, join me in worshiping online. Tell your family, gather them around because we are going to celebrate the risen savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, we have a really creative Easter presentation for you coming at you live uh, from Woodlands Church, from the Woodlands to the world. And it's a celebration. It's not a funeral service. Jesus is alive. It's a celebration service. And we had the Watoto Children's Choir from Uganda scheduled to be with us this Easter. And the coronavirus crisis, of course, made it where they couldn't be here live. But yet, with technology, the Watoto Children's Choir, which is amazing and world-renowned, has combined with our Woodlands worship team to kick off our Easter services with an original Woodlands worship song because we're celebrating, because you can't get loud enough on Easter to sing for the Lord God. You may want to just sing right where you are. It's not about impressing anyone. It's just about lifting up God. It is Easter. He is risen. He is risen indeed. It is so good to worship together, isn't it? I just love that. And Carrie and I are here and just singing and praising right along with you. You know, believers all over the world are stopping to praise our hope, our living hope, Jesus Christ. And even though our minds have been distracted lately on a lot of things, hey, the Bible tells us to live just for today. Jesus told us, just for today, Lord. Pray just for today. And so let's push everything else aside and focus on worshiping him. Because this day, today, is a glorious day. It's a glorious day. Jesus Christ is risen. So now we're going to take you over to the crosses on the hill here at the Woodlands campus, and our worship team is going to lead you in glorious day. So let's sing it together. We're now coming to you live from our auditorium, and Chris, I have to admit, it feels a little bit strange to be speaking to an empty auditorium. But the church has never been just a place to meet. The church is a people. And because of technology, more people are meeting with us this Easter than could ever fit in our auditorium at all of our campuses. I know thousands of you right now all over the world are celebrating Easter with us online. You're connected with us. And we celebrate together the greatest event in all history, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we have next to us this image of the earth because right now the whole world is experiencing this moment, this pandemic together. The whole world is practicing social distancing and our global economy has ground to a halt. The healthcare systems of every nation seem to be overwhelmed. Pretty much everybody on the planet is experiencing for the first time the same fears and anxieties together. And we've been reminded that we're all in the same boat. It doesn't really matter what nationality you are or all the things that we usually use to think of ourselves as separate. The reality is we're all human. And the good news is that God has a powerful message for the whole world this Easter. And it's found in the most recognizable verse in the whole Bible, John 3.16. 
Here's what it says. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Someone said, if you know nothing about the Bible, begin in John 3.16. And if you know everything about the Bible, return to John 3.16. You see, John 3.16 is so full of biblical truth that if it were the only verse we had left in our Bibles, we could still find our way to God. I didn't realize it at the time, but the first Bible verse I ever learned as a kid would come to be the deepest, most powerful, and life-changing truth that I would ever learn in my entire life, John 3.16. John 3.16 consists of only 26 words, but it's 26 words that can change a life. It's 26 words that can change a family. It's 26 words that can change a city. It's 26 words that can change a nation. It's 26 words that can change this world. So let's look at those words. It starts with, for God so loved the world. It starts with God. Everything begins with God. When we look at God's creation, we see that there must be a creator. When we look at the stars in the night sky or we look up at the pink supermoon that many of us saw last week or we look at the beauty of creation, we see the power and beauty of our creator. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. So it's through creation we see that God is real, but it's through Christ we see that God is love. God is love. And Jesus shared these words with us, for God so loved the world. So maybe you're thinking, well, okay, for God so loved the world, but I'm just one of 7.8 billion people. So maybe I'm lost in the crowd. Well, nothing, nothing could be further from the truth. God is the creator of the entire universe, but he is also your personal father. He loves each one of us as though there were only one of us. In fact, when you read John 3.16, you can insert your name in the place of the world to really understand it better so it really sinks in. I can say, for God so loved Chris that he gave his one and only son so that if she believes in him, she will not perish but have eternal life. You see, it's personal. And you have a heavenly father who loves you. Last week, our five-year-old grandson, Ben, was at our house. And just like kids all over the world, he was trying to find something to do while he was inside. And while I was in the kitchen, I overheard him trying to move things around in the next room. And he kept making sounds of frustration and going, oh, man. And after several minutes, he came into the kitchen, and he looked up at me, and he said, could you please help me build a fort? I keep trying, but everything keeps falling down. Come look. And he grabbed my hand, and I followed him into the living room, and he pointed to a big jumble of pillows right there in the middle of the floor. Now, what do you think my response was? Do you think I said, well, that's a really sorry job. You know, forget it. Build your own for it. No way. No way. You see, you don't want to mess with me when it comes to building forts or to just hanging out with my grandkids. And so 
We did stuff that Ben couldn't have dreamed of because I have way more resources than he knew about. I mean, I went and pulled out the king-size sheets, and together we moved kitchen chairs that he could never have budged by himself. I got some things that he didn't know existed, like old-fashioned clothespins. And together, we built this incredible fort. I mean, we strung up this big sheet from the top of chairs and used clothespins to attach the corners. And it was pretty awesome. And then Ben crawled in, and he said, come on, come on in. And so I crawled in behind him, and he said, sit down, crisscross applesauce. And so I did. I sat right next to him. And then Ben looked up at this big sheet over our head, this awesome fort we built. And he said, really seriously, you are the best fort builder in the world. How do you think that made me feel? I thought, yes, yes. And you know why? Because it wasn't that I had built a fort to impress Ben. That was never my goal. And he didn't ask for my help because, oh, he knows that I'm a certified fort building engineer. No, he asked for my help because from long experience over his five years, he knows that I care about him. I love him. And he also knows that I'm stronger than him. And I know more stuff because I've been around longer. And so for all those reasons, Ben asked me, and the reason that I responded and wanted to be a part of that is because I love him. I love him. I loved getting to do that. And sitting in that fort, looking up at that big sheet, and with Ben looking at me like I had just hung the moon, it hit me. You see, we have a heavenly father who loves us. God loves you. In fact, he's crazy about you, and he cares so much about everything you're going through. Lately, we've all had more than our share of weird feelings and uncomfortable, awkward fears, and God knows every fear, and he cares about it. He cares about every disappointment, every single pain, and what's more, he has the power to change our situation and to change our lives from the inside out. And he can pull out king-size sheets, and move mountains that we could never move by ourselves. And he delights to do that. Why? Why does he love it when we come to him and say, could you help me? I mean, look, I've made a mess of this. Everything's falling apart. I need help. He loves it because it's a recognition that we know that he's stronger and wiser, and more than that, he cares, and he loves us, and he wants to move in our lives. He loves meeting your needs. He loves it when you sit close behind him, and you look around at your life, and you say, wow, God, you're amazing, and you did this for me. The last several weeks, it's really hit home for me that so often I have run through my days and taken it all for granted. I mean, I start demanding of God, expecting that I should have everything I always want as if there's something wrong with God, if he doesn't keep on meeting every expectation of mine. And a lot of times, I have to admit that I've acted as though he's my servant instead of the other way around. Like something's wrong if 
every single thing in my life isn't perfectly right. But now we're stopping and remembering, and we invite you this Easter to join with us in thanking our Father, our Heavenly Father, for the wonder of it all, for the wonder of, for God so loved the world. Yeah, we could just spend the rest of the service just thinking about the fact that God so loved the world. But I want us to look at the next eight words of John three sixteen that he gave his one and only son. Now, why did God have to give his one and only son? Because Christ was the only cure for our brokenness and sin. See, the Bible tells us that we're all infected with a virus called sin and selfishness. That we've all sinned, we've all made mistakes, we all have regrets, we're all broken on the inside. And that brokenness creates broken lives, broken relationships, and frankly, a broken world. But the problem is we usually try to cover up our brokenness. We usually try to cover up our pain. It's like there are these huge fractures in the foundations of our lives, but instead of admitting it and asking God, the great contractor, to come and restore the foundation of our lives and heal our brokenness, we try to cover it up. We try to paint over our pain. And there are a million different ways to try to cover over your pain. Maybe it's just busyness, trying to stay busy all the time so you don't have to think about the emptiness in your heart. Maybe it's alcohol or sex or success or even distractions like television or internet. Whenever we run from our pain and run to distractions, rather than taking our pain to God, turning our hurts to the ultimate healer, then it just keeps us stuck in our brokenness. It's called denial. And we're in denial about how broken we really are. But there's one big denial buster, crisis. When the crisis hits, we see how fragile the foundations of our lives really are. For microscopic virus can bring the whole world to a halt. We recognize all the things that we trust in are really fragile. See, sometimes God allows everything that we're trusting in to be shaken. Sometimes God allows everything to be shaken to wake us up from our denial. It's the pain that gets your attention. And, and I know God is a good God who loves us, and, and God is not trying to punish you. God is not causing bad things to happen, but sometimes God allows the pain to get our attention so we can turn to the only one who can heal our ultimate hurts. And so maybe this crisis has got your attention. Or maybe it's personal pain that's come into your life that's really broken through your denial. Maybe it's been anxiety attacks that have hit you from out of the blue. Or maybe it's the loss of a job as so many have gone through the pain of losing their livelihood during this crisis. Or maybe it's your marriage that's starting to fall apart and crumble before your eyes and it seems like you're helpless to do anything about it. You see, the pain gets our attention and the crisis can turn us to Christ. You see, it's the tears that turn us to the treasure. It's the hurt that turns us to the healer. It's even our failures that can turn us to the Father. The crisis turns us to Christ. I believe that God is allowing the whole world to be shaken so that we can find what is unshakable. And what is unshakable are the things that you can't see. The things that you can see are just temporary. It's the things you can't see. Faith, hope, love, the souls of men and women. That's gonna last forever. 
You see, the most important thing in life is relationships. Your relationship to God through his son, Jesus Christ, and your relationships to the people around you. And so that's why we're starting a new series next weekend after Easter that we're calling Real Relationships. It's getting real with the people that you love and really digging down into relationships to build stronger relationships and, and to stop the disharmony in our homes that really we could have titled the whole series, I love you, but I can't stand you right now. Because in this age of isolation where everybody's sheltering in place and we're stuck together with all the people that we love and all of our annoyances and character flaws come out, and really what happens is when the pressure's on, what's on the inside of you comes out. It's like squeezing a tube of toothpaste. Whatever's on the inside is gonna come out when you squeeze it. And when the pressure's on, whatever's on the inside of our lives, all the anger, the frustration, the fears are all gonna come out. And that's why so many people are attacking each other instead of attacking the problem. That's why um, when the stress level rises, we tend to take it out on each other rather than talk it out with each other and take it to God. So next weekend, we're starting this new, really important and powerful series, Real Relationships, so don't miss it. But right now, on this Easter, Easter 2020, I want us to look to the cross. Colossians chapter two, verse 13 says, he, Jesus, forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Folks, God is love, but he's also perfect and holy and just and sinless. He loves all of us, but he can't tolerate sin. So the only way he could save us from our brokenness was to be broken in our place and take all our sins on the cross on that Good Friday. That's why 1 John 3.16 says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. If you really wanna see the most complete picture of what love is, you have to look at the cross. You have to look at Christ on the cross. I mean, the cross, an ugly Roman instrument of cruel torture and execution on that Good Friday became the most beautiful and perfect picture of love. That's what love is, unconditional love. When it says, for God so loved the world, that word loved is the word agape in the original language. And it means simply love with no strings attached. That's the kind of love God has for us. Now, we don't really understand that kind of love, that unconditional love with no strings attached because when we love, it's usually I love you if you love me back. I love you because you do this or that. It's usually I love you if, I love you because, but with God, it's just I love you because I love you because I love you. It's unconditional love, and we just don't see that very often in our culture. Every once in a while, we get glimpses of God's unconditional love in our culture, like when we see doctors and nurses and medical professionals going into hospitals, risking their own lives to put others ahead of themselves, and we're so moved by it because that's a little picture of God's unconditional love for us, and it moves us deeply. Every once in a while, we get glimpses of it. In Woodlands Church, we're getting a huge glimpse of it by watching you, by being the church, by being Christ's love during this time when everything else shuts down. I mean, the church is rising up. You're an army of love and compassion that's making a difference. That's right, because if the church was a building, then when the doors were shut, all ministry would cease. But actually, the opposite has happened because the church isn't a building. It's you. 
And so as people, we are going out in our communities, in our families, in our cities, in our world, and making a difference. The church has been deployed. And every day we ask ourselves, what does love look like today? And I want to give you just a glimpse of what love has looked like. Woodlands Church, as you have reached out over the last several weeks, because you have fed thousands of meals to healthcare workers at hospitals all over the Houston area, so that those healthcare workers, those doctors and nurses and lab techs could keep on doing what they're best at, and we can jump in and serve where we're able to. We've done the same for first responders like uh, policemen and firemen and, and gone to those police stations and fire stations to bring them meals so they can keep on doing what they do. The church wants to serve. We've also come together, hundreds and hundreds of you, to give blood in a big regional blood drive so that thousands of lives could be saved. We have a small army of people who are sewing masks. They're just an army at the sewing machine and sewing masks for people. And you have reached out in a thousand kindnesses to senior adults. And our kids in our church, our students have drawn pictures and letters. And then we have sanitized them and delivered them to senior care centers all over over our area of Texas because we want every single person to know how loved they are, that they are not forgotten. And along with those have come meals and hygiene packs. For those who are homeless, you have provided them with food and, and more hygiene kits. And this, just this week, you gave thousands of Easter eggs for foster care kids in the CPS system. I mean, we can't begin to tell you the difference that you are making, every one of you. And by ourselves, we may not be able to do much, but when we give our whole selves to Christ and then join together, the church is a force to be reckoned with that no evil can come against, and it shines as a light in the darkness. The church's match has been struck with this, and you, Woodlands Church, are shining all over our city. Just take a look. Woodlands Church, you are a living sermon. You are living out John three sixteen. 16. Uh, you are being Christ to people, and I, I really think the world is tired of having sermons preached at them. They wanna see one lived out, and that's what you're doing. And we're just getting started. We're just getting started. We're stepping out in faith, knowing that where God guides, God provides. And we're gonna be the love of Christ because this is the time for the love of Christ to shine out. This is the time for the church to rise up, and that's what you're doing, being Jesus, the love of God to people. Well, we have people who are connecting with us all over the world right now, and they do each and every week. A part of Woodlands Church, Church Online. And so we ask them if anyone would like to help us from around the world with this Easter service, and they did. And then our Woodlands Worship wrote a brand new song, an original song that's powerful called John 3.16. I want you just to stop here for the next few moments this Easter and just thank God for his love for you. Just remember, God loves you. If we can just get a glimpse of how much God loves us, just a little comprehension of it, it'll change everything and all our fears will evaporate. Hallelujah, I am loved. Hallelujah, you are loved. But now let's look at the last 12 words of John three sixteen, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. 
See, John 3.16 begins and ends with eternity. It begins with God who is without beginning. And it concludes with describing life that is eternal. So you were made for eternity. One day your body will die, but the real you will live on in eternity. And folks, I want you to know that heaven is real. It's a place of total fulfillment. It's the place of no more. No more pain, no more sorrow, no more suffering, no more virus, no more death, no more tears. But heaven's also a perfect place. And none of us are perfect, we've all sinned. And that's why there are two words in John 3.16 that are so important. Those two words, he gave. Because Christ died on the cross and rose again on Easter, he offers heaven as a free gift, a gift we could never earn or deserve. He offers it to you, but you have to receive it. You have to humbly admit that you need his gift of salvation. You have to stop trying to save yourself and let him save you. Jesus defeated death, so you don't have to fear death. Good Friday is not good without Resurrection Sunday, but Christ rose again. He conquered death. He defeated death so we can have eternal life. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 25, it says, for Christ will be king until he has defeated all his enemies, including the last enemy, death. Christ conquered death on that Easter. He rose from the grave and Christ is king over death. So we don't have to be afraid. This disease that's been advancing around the world has a really interesting name, coronavirus. It's the word that's been tripping off everyone's tongues lately. And it comes from the Latin word for crown, which is corona, because when looked at under a microscope, you can see that the surface of this virus is covered in crown-like spikes. But of course, the truth is that the coronavirus doesn't really have a crown. Even though it may feel like a tyrant bringing the world to its knees, it's not. This virus has no crown because there is only one true king, and his name is Jesus. Jesus Christ is the King of Kings. And lately, it has been really distracting hearing about another crown. When we get our eyes on other crowns, on other things, fear can sink us. But when we train our eyes on the true King, the one who really wears the crown, Jesus Christ, hope rises up in us. Jesus Christ is the King of Kings. And whether we acknowledge it or not, regardless of if we admit it, if we choose to acknowledge him, it changes nothing. The fact is Jesus Christ is the king. He's king of kings. He's Lord of lords. He's the king of every nation on this earth. He's the king of every ruler of every nation. He's the king of every family, of your family and mine. And he's the king of every individual heart. He's the king of your heart. He's the king of my heart. And then here's the astounding thing. This all-powerful, almighty king, he loves you. I want you to listen really closely to the words of Romans chapter 8, verse 39. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will 
ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is no power, there is no virus that can stand up to our King, Jesus Christ. And right now, we are going to sing to him together. Let's sing to the one who loves us, the one who died for us, the one who fights for us, and the one who is returning for us. Jesus Christ, our King, we turn our eyes to you. You are the only King. So let's sing to him. There's only one true King, and he is the King of Kings, Jesus Christ. Now, I want us to look at the word whoever in John 3, 16. That's such an important word. It says, whoever believes in him will have eternal life. Whoever, that's such an encouraging word because what that means is it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. It's all nationalities, all races. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. You can be a doctor or a drug addict. You can be a pastor or a prostitute. You can be a billionaire or a beggar on the street. We're all in the same boat. We've all sinned and we all need a savior. But that word believes, it is a word that we need to understand because it's not just about believing in Jesus in your head, it's about receiving Jesus in your heart. It's it really that word believe literally means in the original language to place your whole life upon, to place your whole eternity upon. It's to receive him and his free gift that he's given us. It would be like there's a flood in our city and we're used to that in Houston. Hurricane Harvey flooded our city. But let's just say the, the floodwaters are rising. You're trying to save yourself, and it goes all the way up to your roof, so you climb on your roof, but the floodwaters keep rising, and you're trying to save yourself, but really you're running out of options, and it looks hopeless. You can't save yourself. The floodwaters are going to cover your house, and you're about to drown, but then you see a Coast Guard helicopter come in. The heroes come in, and you see a Coast Guard officer uh, be lowered in a basket from the helicopter right down to you, and that huge helicopter um, that comes over and, and the man that comes down there just reaches out his hand, his strong arm, and says, I wanna save you. I'll rescue you. All you have to do is take my hand. All you have to do is just reach up and take my hand. And then you have a choice. You can choose to stay on that rooftop and refuse to take his hand, and you can keep trying to save yourself, or you can do the smart thing and just reach up, and he'll take you by the hand. He'll grab your arm and pull you in, he'll do all the saving work. All you have to do is reach up and take his hand. He won't let go. He'll take you and he'll rescue you and he'll save you and that's what God does for us. He came to this earth. He sent his only son because he loves you so much and he reaches out his hand to save you and it's a free gift. All you have to do is just receive it. You gotta reach up and receive it. There has to be a point in time in your life where you receive Christ and his free gift of salvation and you let him save you. You stop trying to save yourself. You stop trying to be king of your own life. Sometimes when we try to be king of our own life, God just backs off and lets our kingdom collapse in front of our eyes so that we have no option but to look up to him. You hit rock bottom, you fall flat on your back, you've got nowhere else to look but up to God. And all we have to do is reach up because he's still there reaching out his hand saying, I'm here to save you. I'm here to save you. I'm here to save you. That's the picture of John 3:16. And so has there ever been a point in time in your life where you've reached up and taken his hand and let him save you? Because once he takes you, he'll never let you go. He will walk through every storm with you. He'll walk through every difficulty. 
He will never let you go and he'll take you to heaven one day. And so if you've never done that, this is your Easter. This is your time. You can always remember Easter 2020, that crazy Easter. During the coronavirus crisis, the crisis turned me to Christ. And all you need to do is just raise your hand. There's a place in our church online just to click. You want to raise your hand and receive Christ. Something happens when you make that decision. It's your decision. You see, Christ never forces himself into anyone's life. You have to reach up and take his hand and receive his free gift of salvation that he's done. All the work. It's not about what you can do. It's about what he did on the cross 2,000 years ago. And so just right now, just click. I need Jesus. I receive Christ. And when you click that, that you're raising your hand to receive Christ, it will take you to a little connect card that you can fill out. And if you fill that out, we want to send you a free gift, a copy of our brand new book, The Gift of One Day. It's how to find hope in hard times. It's how you can really grow stronger in your faith. And so I really encourage you to do that. But if you haven't clicked, I'm receiving Christ. Do it right now. Just do it right now and say, I want to receive Christ You know, there have been hundreds of people already come to Christ in our services, and this is your time. This is your day. And if you clicked, I want to receive Christ. If you raised your hand and taken hold of his hand, he won't let you go. Just pray this prayer silently to God. In fact, you don't even have to close your eyes. Just pray a prayer like this right now, silently to God. Dear God, thank you for creating me, and thank you for loving me. Even when I've ignored you and tried to be king of my own life, you've always been there. I'm tired of trying to be king of my own life. So I reach up and I ask you to save me. Forgive me of all my sins. Heal me of my brokenness. Come into my life with your Holy Spirit and change me from the inside out. I want you to be king of my life from now on. I need you to save me and I receive your free gift of heaven one day. I want you to be my king from now on. For it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer, Christ came into your life. He will never leave you. We wanna know about it. You can tell our pastors about it and just click that I'm raising my hand to receive Christ. Well, now we're at the time where we give back to God some of what he's given us. And if you're a first-time guest connecting in, don't feel obligated to give, just be our guest. This is our gift to you. But we have our offering and we give because we want to. We love Jesus Christ and what God's doing through the ministries of this church to make a difference. You see, for God so loved the world that he gave, and so when we give, we become more like God because he's the ultimate giver. And within church, we're givers, not takers, and so I really encourage everyone to give right now. wc.org slash give, wc.org slash give. You give online, you can set it up for recurrent giving, wc.org slash give, or, or you can give on your smartphone, you can text, Give WC, that's one word, give WC to 77977. So you text give WC, one word, to 77977. Or you can mail it in. You mail in your check if you want. We have a couple people come here every day to get mail and to do business that needs to be done. And you mail it to One Fellowship Drive, The Woodlands, Texas, 77384. One Fellowship Drive, The Woodlands, Texas, 77384. You see, every one of us can give something. It's not the amount, it's the heart that matters. Some of you have gone through a a lot of financial pain and loss, but I just want you to know the church is here for you. We're praying for you. We're meeting needs in love. Uh, We're here for Woodlands Church to make a difference. And so maybe you can't give much, but we can all give something. 
I, I got a text from one of my friends who said, Carrie, my job has been cut and my um, pay's been cut 25%, but I'm gonna still tithe the same amount because I believe God's promise. He's gonna meet my needs and see me through. And it's so true. God never fails. And if you've been blessed with some extra, this is time to give sacrificially to the church. Time to give because the church needs it. We're gonna keep stepping out in faith because where God guides, God provides. But I believe that God calls us all to make sacrifices during this time. And we can't all give the same amount, but we can all sacrifice. And so I really just challenge you, don't wait to give. If you've got some extra, if you're one of the few who's got some extra, give today for God's glory, for God's kingdom to be built. Well, let's pray, and then after the prayer, we've been meeting every day at one o'clock, our pastors all over the area through Zoom, praying for you, speaking blessings over you in the name of Jesus Christ. And we wanna sing a blessing over you right now. Dear God, we thank you that you are the ultimate giver. For God so loved the world that you gave, and I pray that you would help us be more like you to give, Lord Jesus, of our time, talent, and treasure. Use these gifts, Lord, to make a difference and thousands upon thousands upon thousands of lives. Lord, we pray that we would give out of a heart of love, and we thank you that you will meet our needs, Lord. We pray for everyone giving, that you would just meet their needs in love for your glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. God is for you, Woodlands Church, and if God be for you, then who can be against you? Hey, this next week is gonna be amazing. Next weekend, we start the new series, Real Relationships how to get real in your closest relationships. And it's really all about, I love you, but I can't stand you right now. It's how to get along in this shelter in place with the people closest to us. We're gonna get real in relationships. It's gonna be a powerful series and it's so needed. And on Monday night, Pastor Lee Strobel will be right here live uh, teaching how to share your faith. Seven o'clock, he'll also be answering questions. And if you wanna know how to bolster your faith, during this time, you need this desperately. And if you wanna know how to share your faith with the people you love, neighbors, friends, um, this is gonna help you tremendously for the next four weeks on Monday nights. And then Wednesday night, uh, I'll be teaching. I'll be teaching live on Wednesday nights. We'll have a midweek service for the next few weeks, Wednesday night at 7 p.m., just to give you encouragement, just a message from God uh, and God's word, encouraging you guys and building you up in Christ during this difficult time. And then Tuesday night is student night, 7 p.m., the student service live, and it's amazing, Pastor Mark Miller, and so don't miss that. So many things to connect to, and then we want you to serve and to love and to be a difference to people. This season, this is the time. Crisis time is Christ time. Hey, Woodland Church, we love you. We're praying for you. The tomb is empty so our lives can be filled. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Happy Easter. And I'll tell you what, Woodlands Church, 236 people have trusted Christ in this service alone. 236 have raised their hand and taken hold of his hand, and he'll never let them go. It's amazing. I think over 800 already have received Christ through our Easter services, and we're just getting started. Praise God. We love you, Woodlands Church. Happy Easter. Hey, church. Thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.